ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and my guest today is Janice Scholl. I love it when we have instant bonding because we even spell our name the same way. Welcome, Janice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, Janice has made an entire career out of talking about money and business, and she's the founder of a company called Money, Career, and Motherhood. She has gone from 10 years as a commercial banker, developing financial solutions for startups to corporations with $2 billion in revenue. And while that was challenging and rewarding work, she knew she wanted something else and found her purpose when she began mentoring female entrepreneurs in 2012. And lots of things have happened since 2012. And um, Janice, I know that uh, you had a a five-year experience uh, in a different world, so to speak. Do you want to start there and just share with us what, I guess, was part of the transition for you from corporate to uh, a business, to an entrepreneur business owner? Absolutely. Um, as you said, we kind of were plucked out of our status quo life and, and put into a new world. So me, my husband, our two children, including one that was just six months old, moved to the other side of the world. We moved from the U.S. to Singapore. And I had never visited Asia before we went house hunting. And it was, it, and then we ended up moving from Singapore to Japan. And so we experienced two countries outside of our home country. And that really, you know, first of all, it took me off of my professional path because um, I decided to leave my career at that point. And I loved my career. I loved being a banker. I'm very risk management minded. And it was, it was a very fulfilling time for me, but I knew it was something, it, it was time to make a change. And so moving overseas enabled me to take a step back and reflect on my career and what I really wanted to do from there and to learn new ways. You know, we, we say we, you d- we didn't even know what we didn't know until we moved overseas about the way we lived our lives and the decisions that we were making that we didn't even know were decisions. Mm-hmm. And so we loved our time overseas. It was time though to move back to the U.S. And since I've been back in the U.S., uh, I've really focused more on starting the podcast, the Money, Career, and Motherhood podcast, and bringing my coaching online so that I can access more women and help them navigate these transitions, if you will, mm-hmm. that occur with money and career through the different stages of motherhood. And I think that there was that natural, I guess, natural transition for you without you realizing it, first of all, that, you know, you had this second child who was only six months old when you went to Asia and, you know, you probably were off on maternity leave anyway at that time. And it gives you time to reflect and say, hey, things can look different and still be, um, still be 
uh, I can still be me, right? Yeah. I guess and I, it was, it, it actually solved the problem for us because we had some challenges with our firstborn. She had some medical issues that we were trying to deal with. And we were really trying to figure out what was the best type of childcare um, for, for our family at that time, because it was challenging for her to be around too many kids and to bring in another baby and to try and navigate that. Um, we really didn't know what we were going to do. And so we were, we were looking for nannies. We were doing all this stuff. Um, again, I loved my career. That's what I wanted to do. Right. And I wanted to make it work, but this, this opportunity fell into our laps. And we had always said that we wanted to, we wanted to go and learn about other cultures and we wanted to expose our kids to different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. So it, it gave me that ability to step back and reflect. And it also solved a problem for me, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I hear you. Things have a way of working the way they're supposed to, right? They do. And it definitely did. So you work, I think, primarily, correct me if I'm wrong, but you work with most with women who may be in a similar situation to you. They're still in corporate, but they're looking for another way. And yes. Want to get out of that. Yeah. So I, I say I work with women in the parenting transition points. You know, there are certain stages of motherhood where our needs financially and fulfillment wise from our career are different, you know, and, and so for some of us in the early stages of motherhood, it's literally figuring out how do we fit in this whole new identity to this professional identity that we have well-established and is filling up our pie, right? You know, right. there's only so many hours of the day. And so, especially for those who are facing a more challenging parenting experience than what they had anticipated and planned for, how do you navigate that and build a life that's fulfilling? You know, for me, I tell people, it was easier to move to a foreign country than it was to become a stay-at-home mom when we moved overseas. My professional identity was very important to me and not knowing what to do when I woke up the next morning and, you know, the to-do list looked very different. It was a really big adjustment. It was a healthy adjustment because I was then later able to build my professional path the way that fits. So, so essentially I, I recreated the puzzle. Motherhood is still an incredibly important part of the puzzle, yeah. but I have a professional identity and opportunity for personal growth in what I do now that wouldn't have happened had I not stepped out. And I find that so many women need that at those transition points. So they're in the primary parenting years and they're just trying to navigate through a system that I feel like from a career perspective, it, it, it imagines that our progression is linear, but women, we aren't linear. No, no. But you know, it's interesting because um, today with everything that's going on in the world and the uh, pandemic situation. Now things are really shifted because all of those people that were career um, corporate minded, the women in those career positions like you have had to make those shifts in a way that they weren't expecting to have to make, right? Because now they're home still doing their corporate job and it doesn't feel quite the same. You don't have to put heels on every day, you know? And um, I'm wondering... Um, does that make some of these women 
realize that there is another way faster or um, does it, does it um, speed up the process? You know, I think it depends on the personal circumstances. And I'm a strong proponent for providing frameworks because there is no one size fits all formula in finding fulfillment and growth. And so, you know, for one woman, what is happening right now may be like the last straw. It may be the thing that sets her over the edge because the benefits of going to an office and thriving in a professional environment are gone. Right. But, but the grind is still there. Right. And, right. and now, and now we have so much more responsibility for our children's education and there's just so much stress, right? You know, we hear about right. it every day. There's just not enough hours of the day. Um, women are you know, the work has become 24 seven with this remote transition as well. And many women, the research is showing they are not able to increase their work hours because of their child and their family responsibilities, but the men are. So women who are really trying to hold it together and want to remain on that professional path can feel a lot of pressure to perform right now in, uh, in a situation that feels impossible. Now, others have taken a step back and said, hey, I need to reprioritize and I need to look at what's important to me and my family. And, you know, they're reconnecting and their kids than what they had before. And, you know, they're thriving because they're recognizing who they are in relationship to their family. When you strip away all of the kids' activities, that's another one, you know, like when the kids stopped going to soccer five days a week and, you know, people started having family meals together, um, you know, it it just looks different. And so we can find a lot. I definitely have gone through both, you know, Um, there have been periods through, through COVID in remote transitions where it's been incredibly stressful, but I have had the opportunity to spend more time with my daughter who, you know, she's at an age where she still likes to talk to me and hang out with me, but she's heading into those years where she's not going to. And having that silver lining, that opportunity for, you know, my husband and I to have lunches together with her and to reconnect and get to know her at this age has been so much fun. How old is Um, she? But you got to be in a certain mindset. She is 10 right now. So she goes to middle school next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Things will change for sure. So I remember when I, I kind of transitioned from corporate world um, to my own business when um, I was basically let go because I was a contractor and I had been a contract trainer uh, for many years uh, with a company. And um, and of course, they when the economy changed, they squeezed out the contractors. And the reason I'd been a contractor is because I wanted to have my own time to be able to say, you know, I can't work this Friday because I had to go to um, a baseball tournament or a basketball tournament with my daughter, whatever. And I wanted that because that was the most important thing to me, to be there for my my child. But when I started left and had to recreate, um, you know, reinvent myself, I realized that I didn't know anything about 
being in business for myself because somebody booked the jobs for us. You know, mm-hmm. we went out and did the training and then somebody booked another job for us. I never had to market myself, number one. And number two, I had no idea about how to set up a business, et cetera. <clears throat> and, you know, I was still searching for what, what I wanted to do, never mind how to set it up. So I'm sure, do you come, is that one of the things that you help your clients with? Mm-hmm. Um, the actual basics of what, you know, there's so many parts to running your own business. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, I kind of started there and backed up from there because, mm-hmm. you know, while I was still a banker, I decided through my motherhood experience that I was going to help women who wanted to start businesses because it, they could craft the solution that works for them and their family. I was watching women leave the corporate world for something else. And that something else was usually built. The catalyst was, I guess, motherhood. And so that's where I started was helping women identify, hey, I've got this skill or I've got this idea and I want to turn it into something, but I have no idea how to start a business. And so one of the things I still do, and and that's where I started, was offering people business coaching and advice to get through that process from idea to execution. And I just kept hearing the same stories over and over again about how impactful motherhood was on their decisions. And that's why I really backed up into talking about the whole career and the whole money conversation. Because women who have children just often relate differently to money and career than what they did before. So I do help women with that. I am not marketing a marketing specialist by any means. You should right. definitely talk to a marketing <laughs> specialist on that because I like that was a real identity crisis when I was starting my own business and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm helping people start businesses and I am not comfortable with marketing." You know, the world has changed so dramatically in recent years. Sure. Um with, with online marketing and different things like that. So um, there are specialists in all of the different areas, but really what I focus on is giving women a business planning process that is approachable from where they're at. Because a lot of the women have taken a step back. They don't want to create a business animal that takes over their life, just like their corporate life did. Right. And so I really focus on building something that starts where you are and is affordable for your finances. It's often a time when you're setting aside a big salary that was supporting your family financially and you don't have the means to invest significantly. And so that's really what I help people with is creating, walking through a business planning process that is customizable to the woman and her preferences. So... Oh, I, I'm, I'm thinking though, too, that, you know, you get someone who has been in a very um, um, decision-making type of career, you know, they've got a lot of responsibility in their job and then they come home and then they're dealing with diapers and then they're deciding that they want to do something on their own. They don't have the big salary anymore, like you said. And I would think that their their confidence would be somewhat eroded in the sense that um, they don't 
they can't find their identity anymore for them because it was so wrapped up in their job and now it's all about the child. Yeah. Um, so how do you bring somebody back up to like, I'm sitting taller when I say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, one of the things I focus on, and like I said, I backed up into focusing on the whole career because we take a step out of the workforce often without realizing this, you know, identity blow that we're going to face. And, you know, in all of the women I talk to who take career breaks, feel some amount of loss of self-confidence. And for many, it's extreme. When your professional identity is a huge part who you are. You can't just throw that out the window and say, okay, I 100% think about the kids all the time. And and for some reason, we don't think it's okay to think about ourselves. You know, it's not like we're replacing that professional time with self-care and reflection usually. (laughs) So I find this the most with, you know, high achieving type A women who they're leaving the professional world because they feel like they can't excel at motherhood and their profession at the same time. And that's not to say that they can't, but that's how they feel because they, they really just, they're that type A personality. And then they go home and they try to recreate that feeling at home and it just doesn't exist. And I definitely had that identity crisis and I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to have it overseas because I was able to expose myself to different ways. I was able to meet so many incredible professional women who came from every walk of life you could imagine that we we could talk through this because you know you build relationships differently when you're overseas when you're an expat you rely on one another you're dependent upon one another in in countries especially like when we lived in Japan when i couldn't read the language you know there's no googling it and figuring it out there you so you know we get to know each other on a personal level so much more and quickly yeah. And quickly. And I found that we were all looking at our career break the same, but nobody was talking about it. It was like this big elephant in the room. We had doctors, lawyers, executives, all these different people who were taking time out of the workforce because their spouse was overseas for employment. Right. But yet we were all nervous about what happens when we go home. So that's when I, that's when I created strategic sabbaticals. And it's my goal that strategic sabbaticals is essentially turning your career break into something meaningful and it it guides the reflection and it guides that identity crisis so that you can come out on the other side of that as a whole person doing what you love whether that's the same as what you left or it's something new for a lot of women the outcome is building a business, becoming an independent consultant, something like that. But for others, it's just, hey, I want a new career path. I want a career change. And some others, it's, hey, I actually now know I really do love what I did before and I want to get back into it. So it's taking the steps to maintain the skills that we had in the past, develop new skills, Mm -hmm. and then get back or get into whatever we want to get into next. And I feel that when you look at it as an opportunity, not this, you know, loss of our identity, it really changes the energy of the career break. Well, and, and so well put, I think, um, so you learned and was able to um, put into action, uh, put into practice, 
my favorite thing to do, which is networking and meeting new people and getting to know new people. When you were overseas, that became um, a, a, a resource for you to actually, it seems, you know, uh, develop and create your business, right? In a way that maybe it was, it was the seeds of it, right? So when you came home um, and you're now teaching other women about um, the different things and, and supporting them in the different things that they want to do, how are you finding that these women are when it comes to networking? Because building relationships and um, with strategically as well to help you with your new business or with your new, or to find a new job or whatever is so important today. How are these women taking to that? Do you find it's easy for them or it's difficult? No, it is not easy. Um, you know, I like to tell people that we are trained through the work world to highlight our strengths and minimize our weaknesses. It, we don't walk around saying, hey, I might not be good at this thing. Um, we say, hey, here's where I did a great job this year. This is how I hit all my goals. Right. And, and so we do that. But women, we're holistic. And yeah. most, most people are holistic. But, you know, we, we talk about having, you know, oh, now I've just forgot the word. Imposter syndrome. Yes. We talk about imposter syndrome all the time. And like, since coming back, I'm like, well, no wonder we all have imposter syndrome. We can't talk about the stuff we're trying to work on. We right. can't talk about like, we may be killing it professionally, but we've got some real challenges at home with our kids or yeah. whatever it may be um, on a whole life basis we don't feel like we're excelling. And so I find that women have that in the back of their minds. They're like, well, I know my stuff on this topic, but I'm not good at this. So how can I possibly market myself? Mm -hmm. And then there's the fact that many women underestimate the value of what they offer. We, we are givers. Yeah. And, we, and collaborators and yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. And we want to help others. And so putting a price tag on that and marketing ourselves as a business when we never had to do that before is really challenging. And then you layer on the time of networking and how much it takes to actually cultivate real relationships to move beyond the elevators, elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real challenge for women. Interesting. I know I, I, I it's funny. I, I've been watching this, um, this, uh, series on Netflix and it's, it's a Danish, um, series and the, I forget the name of it. Borgen, I think it's called, Oh dear. There's my phone. Just a sec. I'm going to stop talking. I usually uh, take it out of the room and I forgot. So I'll just get that edited out. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Um, no so the show that I'm watching, uh, this Danish show, she's the prime minister. The star is the prime minister of Denmark. And it's, I'm in season two. And season one was her getting to be prime minister and whatever. In season two, she's prime minister. She's lost her husband. And um, she has two children, a teenage daughter and a younger son. And now there's problems at home because she's never there. 
Yeah. And it's really interesting to see her not balance very well her home life and her work life. And it's culminating in a, in a big issue for her daughter now towards the end of this. And, and all I kept thinking was like, she's never home. Like her children need her. And of course that's what's happening right in yeah. that situation. But you know, you can't really do it all. You have to sacrifice something, but the question is what, and when do you figure that out? Right. And, and yeah. And you know, I think, and, and we, you know, we talk so much about work-life balance mm -hmm. in this world and the work world has become 24 seven. So there's always more work to be done than there are hours in the day. Right. But, but if we decide that we need to leave the work world and, and that's not to say that anyone should, but if they decide that they need to, and they decide to stay home, then you feel like you're not growing professionally like you were on your old path. And so mm -hmm. to me, there's no balance between the two. It's really, I call it tug of war. It is not work-life balance. It's work-life tug of war because regardless of which side you're focused on at that phase of your life, you feel like you should be paying more attention to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's really true. That's crazy, but true. So, um, have you watched some of your clients um, blossom and change through their new, you know, they're on sabbatical or they've made that transition to their new uh, business or job or whatever? Can you see it? Can you see it in them? Yeah. And I think that there's two ways I see it the most. And one is not losing that identity as much. You know, you you change if you take a break. That's a fact. You can't go back to the old person you were. It's like I, you know, now that I've lived overseas, I can never just be an American who's not lived overseas and experienced a different way of life. It affects everything I do. So, you will change, but it's, you know, valuing your time out of the workforce to invest in the growth that you choose, not in the growth that you needed to do. And there's okay, something wait, say that again. So it's, it's having the ability to invest in the growth you choose, right. Versus the growth that you needed to do for your career. Right. You get to the pick, path you were on at work. Yeah. So you know, cause in today's world, I feel, you know, we make so many career changes. Everybody does. We don't right. wake up and go to work at the beginning of our career and then stay with the same company for 25 years. That doesn't exist. You know, we're lucky if it's two and a half years. Yes. But, but we're so busy that it's really hard to be thoughtful about what we're doing. And when you take a step back and you're on a break, you can reflect and say, okay, well, what was it that I enjoyed about what I did? Mm -hmm. And how can I recreate that to fit with the puzzle pieces of my life? And what growth opportunities, what de professional development or Personal what is what do I need to do exactly yeah. to make me feel like I'm accomplishing that? Oftentimes, you know, women don't feel that they're growing because their kids are taking their time. Their spouse is taking their time. Their work is taking their time. When are they investing in themselves? Mm -hmm. So if the career break changes from me focusing on my family only to me focusing on my family and myself and my growth and development, mm -hmm. you're raising yourself as a mother, not just raising your kids, then um, it's really empowering. And then the other thing is, you know, if when, when women take a step back and recognize the huge change 
that is happening within them through a career break, they're likely to make a better decision when they look to return to the workforce. And let me give you a story that examples this. Mm-hmm. You know, when we leave the workforce, we think about a lot of, about what we left. And we can stay focused on that and not recognize the changes in us. When we think about our old profession, we think about who we were at that time. But we are not that person anymore. Our kids are older. We've lived a different life. We've had different experiences. We've learned different things that we like. And when we go back into the workforce, we might not actually want that job. We might not like that career path. And so a woman I was talking with at the tail end of this, you know, not through the career break um, coaching that I do, but she was searching and searching for a job. And she was trying so hard to get back on that professional path that she left. And at the end of it, she got a job offer and she's like, Janice, they were going to pay me more money than I, than I was expecting. It was an awesome position, but I said, no. And she was so shocked that she said no, but she, she realized in that moment, she's like, I know what the hours are going to be like to start at that position at that level. I know what the commitment is going to be for my family, for me to do this. And I don't know that I'm going to be happy with it anymore. And she then decided to start a business for herself. So she gets to do all of the exciting things from her old profession that she loved in her new business, but she's not doing it within the square box of the corporate world that didn't fit her. Now other people do return and they really, they really learn that they loved that old professional path and they do want to be in it. And the reality is the workforce is more flexible today than what it was five years ago, 10 years ago. So, so many women can return if they choose to, Mm -hmm. but it's just really understanding yourself and not looking at yourself in hindsight and the person you used to be being honest about who you are today and what you want and what you can succeed at. Wow. That's a great story because I know that, um, one of the, uh, one of the themes that you've talked about that keeps repeating is that women don't necessarily want money to be the driver of their decision. It, it, it's deeper. It, it's the gut feeling. It's like, I remember when um, this is many years ago, um, my daughter's now in her thirties. Um, when I took a leave of absence, I was teaching school and I took a leave of absence and had my, ch- had my daughter and I, I guess she was coming up to be one year old and it was time for me to think about going back to teaching. And I had to go on a couple of interviews, like the superintendent of the school district called me in and said, no, it's time. So, you know, and I said, well, maybe part-time or whatever. And as soon as I went into the schools for the interview, my whole body just seized up in stress. I knew I couldn't do it. Yeah. It was, you know, it was me, my body telling me I couldn't do it. I, I then, that was a huge decision because that was a job that, you know, here where I live paid pretty well. You got the summers off, so on and so forth. And I love teaching because that's who I am. I'm a teacher. However, there was a lot of bureaucracy and politics that I didn't like around teaching in a public school system. Um, and now I had the draw of my daughter, right, being home. But I did go back to work 
but I did it on my own terms. That's when I got into corporate training and mm -hmm. contracting. So, um, and then from there, you know, another career, right? So uh, in being in my own business, but I remember that feeling of it wasn't the right thing to do. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot of what we talk about through career breaks is paycheck versus purpose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are times in our lives where we need to work for a paycheck yep. and that's all there is to it. And there, and, and it is responsible and it is the right thing to do, even if you don't love your job and even if it's not your passion yep. to, to get that paycheck to support your family. But for many women who are more established, who have had the chance to take a career break, they can't imagine going back to working only for a paycheck Yes. There needs to be something more. And purpose, I think we have this idea when we talk about, you know, following our purpose, we think there's one of them for us. But I think that for women, it's a puzzle. You know, our family is always a piece of our purpose. Mm -hmm. But we have other as well. You know, we have a professional purpose. We want to use our skills and gifts to do something good beyond our family. And so, if a job doesn't align with either piece of the puzzle, mm -hmm. then it doesn't work. We're not comfortable. Right. Yeah. And, and then there's that period of um, coming to terms with that, right? Yes. So my goal is to help women come to terms with it before they're trying to get a job or right. before they're sitting in the job and they're like, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, so do you feel that you are on purpose with what you do now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I became a mother, it shook me to my core. Uh, mm -hmm. it, was not a, it, it was not an easy transition into motherhood for me or for my daughter. Um, mm -hmm. And we learned a lot. And it is my responsibility, I feel like, and my risk to take to help other women realize that many of the things we experience through work and motherhood um, are normal, but aren't talked about. And so it's my goal to help women navigate these things and make sure that their money is aligned so that they have the ability to make choices that are best from them. So absolutely. Uh, I think I found a way to build a life around my family in the way that I want that works for me. I am able to use my skills and my gifts. And I feel like I'm growing every day and that I'm adding value in the world. That's so lovely. That's such a great place for us to wrap up. And I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, and I think for you, it needs to be, what is the most important message that you want to leave with my listeners? Because my listeners are entrepreneurs. They're a lot of women. They're um, business owners, small business owners. They're sales professionals. And some of them may be thinking exactly what you were thinking, exactly what I was thinking when I um, struggled with going back to my original career um, way back when. Um, I think we have these... these um, these opportunities to really dig in and see what really is important to us. And, and we need someone sometimes to validate that what we're thinking and feeling is okay. And there's a way out. So what would you yeah. say um, 
what is your message that you want to leave with my listeners? Well, I want women to know, first of all, that they're not alone. Whatever it is they're thinking in their minds that they feel like they can't talk about with their friends or their family, um, somebody else is there. And I want to leave people with a, a comment on the difference between community and networks. We all have a lot of networks. We know a lot of people, but we don't build community on elevator pitches. Get to, get to know people and be honest and authentic and own your weaknesses, just like you're taught to own your strengths. And that will connect you with real people. And you will find those who have been there or are in the trenches with you. That's wonderful and so true. I had to laugh though, because you're right. I mean, it, it always goes beyond the meeting that you're at. And if you come across someone that you find interesting, that you want to know more about, that's when you reach out and that's when the re relationship building starts to, to work and work in your favor. That's what happened with us, right? We exactly. met, we were, there, it was a referral um, to speak to each other, but we have had several conversations that have deepened the relationship quite quickly. And so for that, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful. I'm glad to have had you as my guest today. Um, where can my audience find you? And I will put it in the show notes. Yep. And the podcast is the Money, Career, and Motherhood podcast. You can find it on all of the places you listen to podcasts. The website is moneycareermotherhood.com and you can find socials from there. And I would be so happy to connect with anyone, whether they're trying to navigate a career break and start a business out of it, or just really trying to figure out how to win at the tug of war between money and motherhood. I'm here for you. That's great. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for being with us today. And to my audience, thank you for listening. And please, if you found this useful and informative, let us know by leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.